0: Chapter nine of Elective Affinities Part two This is the Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee Elective Affinities by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Part two, chapter nine. The spring was come. It was late, but it therefore burst out more rapidly and more exhilaratingly than usual. Ottilie now found in the garden the fruits of her carefulness. Everything shot up and came out in leaf and flower at its proper time. A number of plants, which she had been training up under glass frames and in hotbeds, now burst forward at once to meet at last the advances of nature. And whatever there was to do and to take care of, it did not remain the mere labour of hope which it had been, but brought its reward in immediate and substantial enjoyment. There was many a chasm, however, among the finest shoots produced by Luciana's wild ways, for which she had to console the gardener and the symmetry of many a leafy coronet was destroyed she tried to encourage him to hope that it would all be soon restored again but he had too deep a feeling and too pure an idea of the nature of his business for such grounds of comfort to be of much service with him little as the gardener allowed himself to have his attention dissipated by other tastes and inclinations he could the less bear to have the peaceful course interrupted which the plant follows towards its enduring or its transient perfection a plant is like a self-willed man out of whom we can obtain all which we desire if we will only treat him his own way a calm eye a silent method in all seasons of the year and at every hour to do exactly what has then to be done is required of no one perhaps more than of a gardener these qualities the good man possessed in an eminent degree and it was on that account that ottilie liked so well to work with him but for some time past he had not found himself able to exercise his peculiar talent with any pleasure to himself whatever concerned the fruit gardening or kitchen gardening as well as whatever had in time past been required in the ornamental gardens he understood perfectly one man succeeds in one thing another in another he succeeded in these in his management of the orangery of the bulbous flowers in budding shoots and growing cuttings from the carnations and auriculas he might challenge nature herself but the new ornamental shrubs and fashionable flowers remained in a measure strange to him he had a kind of shyness of the endless field of botany which had been lately opening itself and the strange names humming about his ears made him cross and ill-tempered the orders for flowers which had been made by his lord and lady in the course of the past year he considered so much useless waste and extravagance all the more as he saw many valuable plants disappear and as he had ceased to stand on the best possible terms with the nursery gardeners, who he fancied had not been serving him honestly. Consequently, after a number of attempts, he had formed a sort of a plan, in which Ottilie encouraged him the more readily, because its first essential condition was the return of Edward, whose absence in this, as in many other matters, every day had to be felt more and more seriously. Now that the plants were ever striking new roots and putting out their shoots, Ottilie felt herself even more fettered to this spot it was just a year since she had come there as a stranger as a mere insignificant creature how much had she not gained for herself since that time but alas how much had she not also since that time lost again never had she been so rich and never so poor the feelings of her loss and of her gain alternated momentarily one with another chasing each other through her heart and she could find no other means to help herself except always to set to work again at what lay nearest to her with such interest and eagerness as she could command, that everything which she knew to be dear to Edward received a special care from her may be supposed, and why should she not hope that he himself would now soon come back again, and that when present he would show himself grateful for all the care and pains which she had taken for him in his absence? But there was also a far different employment which she took upon herself in his service. She had undertaken the principal charge of the child, whose immediate attendant it was all the easier for her to be as they had determined not to put it into the hands of a nurse but to bring it up themselves by hand with milk and water in the beautiful season it was much out of doors enjoying the free air and ottilie liked best to take it out herself to carry the unconscious sleeping infant among the flowers and blossoms which should one day smile so brightly on its childhood among the young shrubs and plants which by their youth seemed designed to grow up with the young lord to their after stature when she looked about her she did not hide from herself to what a high position that child was born far and wide wherever the eye could see all would one day belong to him how desirable how necessary it must therefore be that it should grow up under the eyes of its father and its mother and renew and strengthen the union between them ottilie saw all this so clearly that she represented it to herself as conclusively decided and for herself as concerned with it she never felt at all under this fair heaven by this bright sunshine at once it became clear to her that her love if it would perfect itself must become altogether unselfish and there were many moments in which she believed it was an elevation which she had already attained she only desired the well-being of her friend she fancied herself able to resign him and never to see him any more if she could only know that he was happy the one only determination which she formed for herself was never to belong to another they had taken care that the autumn should be no less brilliant than the spring sunflowers were there and all the other plants which are never tired of blossoming in autumn and continue boldly on into the cold asters especially were sown in the greatest abundance and scattered about in all directions to form a starry heaven upon the earth from ottilie's diary any good thought which we have read anything striking which we have heard we commonly enter in our diary but if we would take the trouble at the same time to copy out of our friends letters the remarkable observations the original ideas the hasty words so pregnant in meaning which we might find in them we should then be rich indeed we lay aside letters never to read them again and at last we destroy them out of discretion and so disappears the most beautiful the most immediate breath of life irrecoverably for ourselves and for others i intend to make amends in future for such neglect so then once more the old story of the year is being repeated over again we are come now thank god again to its most charming chapter the violets and the mayflowers are its superscriptions and its vignettes it always makes a pleasant impression on us when we open again at these pages in the book of life we find fault with the poor particularly with the little ones among them when they loiter about the streets and beg do we not observe that they begin to work again as soon as ever there's anything for them to do hardly has nature unfolded her smiling treasures than the children are at once upon her track to open out a calling for themselves none of them beg any more they have each a nosegay to offer you they were out and gathering it before you had awakened out of your sleep and the supplicating face looks so as sweetly at you as the present which the hand is holding out no person ever looks miserable who feels that he has a right to make a demand upon you how is it that the year sometimes seems so short and sometimes is so long how is it that it is so short when it is passing and so long as we look back over it when i think of the past and it never comes so powerfully over me as in the garden i feel how the perishing and the enduring work one upon the other and there is nothing whose endurance is so brief as not to leave behind it some trace of itself but something in its own likeness we are able to tolerate the winter we fancy that we can extend ourselves more freely when the trees are so spectral so transparent they are nothing but they conceal nothing but when once the germs and buds begin to show then we become impatient for the full foliage to come out for the landscape to put on its body and the trees to stand before us as a form everything which is perfect in its kind must pass out beyond and transcend its kind it must be an inimitable something of another and a higher nature in many of its tones the nightingale is only a bird then it rises up above its class and seems as if it would teach every feathered creature what singing really is a life without love without the presence of the beloved is but poor comédie à tiroir we draw out slide after slide swiftly tiring of each and pushing it back to make haste to the next even what we know to be good and important hangs but wearily together every step is an end and every step is a fresh beginning chapter nine